0: Hi, guys, I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And today's the day. Yes. Even though technically when we record this, it already happened, but today's the day. Yes. We got the day to... you've been waiting for. Exactly. We speak with Beverly Jenkins and ask her mm-hmm. some questions about writing and romance and her career, and it was pretty awesome.
1: That's great. Yeah. We're so... excited for you guys to hear it.
0: Yeah. So one thing, one thought I had while we were recording is like, I think you had mentioned this once. We should do a special video <laughs> chat one time.
1: We should. When I saw you both have the video on, I was like, ooh, because mm. I, I was telling doing y'all like, uh, so we we're recording early morning. I literally like rolled out of bed.
0: Because <laughs> we don't use the video when we record. We just Uh-oh. use the audio feature.
1: And I look so schlubby. And so she had
0: her video on and I didn't want her to feel weird. So I turned my video on. I did not turn my video <laughs> <time>. on. <laughs> <laughs> but it did make me think like it would be a fun thing. Like if just one like, it would be. special episode, it would be. we like chat using the video. I've seen people do it and then we could host it on YouTube. Maybe yeah, for, our, yeah, for like a birthday special or something. Mm, maybe. So I'll make sure my living room is clean this time. Oh, I'll make sure I am clean. (laughs) So yes, we got to speak with Beverly Jenkins. I don't even know if we have any news. We were so focused on interviewing.
1: I know. I don't think so. I saw some things that I was like, this should be news. That should be news. And then I didn't even...
0: Yeah. We had a lot of messy drama, Twitter drama in the last episode. (laughs) We did. We had a lot. Um... I haven't really heard any updates on any of those things. I haven't. I feel like that's how Twitter drama is. It, like, explodes, and then it just disappears, and you never hear from it again.
1: Yeah. So. I uh, I saw something, like, on Book Ride about, like, reader trends. Did you see that? No. Like, who's reading and stuff? No. But I was like, um, I don't have time to get into this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't read it. I saw something in one of the Facebook groups I am, and, like, it said... I guess a third of people don't read a book after graduating high school. And I was like, no, it was something wow. really high. I'm like, that can't be right. How do you go your whole life and Without not read one book? book? That's crazy. Even if it's just like a vacation beach book or something.
1: Something, a manual, like.
0: Yeah. A pamphlet, a Something. <laughs> the, Ikea, the instructions to an Ikea furniture. There are no words in that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> So I don't, to your kids, do you not, do you read to your kids? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Nothing. But, uh, I don't want to judge. I mean, reading isn't for everyone. Maths, I I realized when I was around all these little baby engineers at work, it's like, I can't relate to any of y'all.
1: That's true. I don't <laughs> think I've done a math problem.
0: I've made sure. I, I did algebra for my MBA and I think I uh, worked in a group with an accountant and I was just like, cool, <laughs> you can handle all of this. You could do
1: this math. And cause. I'll work on
0: editing the paper. Mm-hmm.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: but yes. Yeah, so we're gonna stop stalling. We're gonna let y'all get to it. Mm-hmm. So we will come back after the interview, and we will do our normal wrap up. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you then. Enjoy. So good morning, Ms. Jenkins. Thank you for taking time to speak with us. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks for the invite. Oh, we were very happy to invite <laughs> you. You're the first author we've spoken with. Um, oh. Okay. So. I don't mind being first. <laughs> So we should probably introduce ourselves. My name is Danny. I'm the one who emailed you and reached out. And I'm Molly. I'm Danielle's friend. (laughs) (laughs) You're Danielle's friend. (laughs) And co-host. So good to meet you both. Nice to meet you. So we created this podcast to highlight books uh, written uh, by Black women about Black women. And so every February, I sort of told you this, we do a romance novel and one of our listeners had pointed out we had not done one of your novels yet, which was a really big, uh, lapse on, I guess, specifically my part. Cause I'm the one who reads romance more than Molly.
2: That's okay. That's okay. But you know, better late than never. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so we read a chance at love. It was very cute. We did our episode. You probably heard our nonsense. So <laughs>
2: I enjoyed it. I had fun. I mean, I was supposed to be in bed cause I'm on this crazy ass deadline and, you guys had me up for two hours laughing, so. <laughs> That's it's our a, goal. It's okay.
0: So we have a few questions for you, so um, we're just going to get into them because we want to be cognizant of your time. Okay. So do you want to go first, Molly?
1: Um, Maybe you should go first because I, for some reason, closed the
0: thing. <laughs> I will go first. Thank you. So we sort of wanted to know a little bit about, so you write romance. You've written almost 40, right? Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into the genre? Did you read a lot of it before you started reading it or writing it? I
2: read everything. I read science. I'm a big science fiction fan. Um, read Westerns, I'm nonfiction, you know, whatever. But I was just working on this little romance on the side just for me because back then the market wasn't necessarily open to African-American mass market fiction. Mm-hmm. So I was just sort of working on this story for me. I had no intentions of being a writer or being published. Oh, really? I didn't know that. All I ever wanted to do was work in a library. That was it. Okay.
0: <laughs> Same. So what Whoops. pushed you to publish it? Did someone read it and say like, oh, this is great.
2: You should get this one published. Of the women at work, um, mm-hmm. she had just gotten published with a small um, sweet publisher here. And... Um, I showed her my little raggedy manuscript and uh, she told me to get it published. And I was like, okay, where? So I tell people that, you know, she harassed me every day at work (laughs) to find somebody. And, and I always say, I have no idea how I found Vivian Stevens. Mm -hmm. Vivian was a big time editor at Dell at the time. Um, She was an editor at Harlequin and she also founded RWA. Mm -hmm. She had gotten out of publishing, and she was doing agenting. I knew of her. Uh um, So I ran down an address, I guess, and sent it to her, and she called me at work less than a week later and said she wanted to represent me. So um, that's how I got romance. I mean, it took us probably two years to get it published Mm -hmm. because New York had no idea about free black people living in a a township on the plains of Kansas. (laughs) Nothing about, you know, Nicodemus and and those, you know, those little bitty towns. Mm -hmm. So I got enough rejection letters to paper my house, your house, Mm -hmm. and everybody else's (laughs) house. But because I wasn't trying to get published, you know, the sting of that rejection wasn't there as it would be for somebody who was trying to, to be published. So I'm like, OK, well, you know, big deal. Another 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 letter to add to the pile.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And then on June 3rd, 1993, because it was my husband's birthday, oh. um, Ellen Edwards called me from Avon and said she wanted to buy my book. Oh. So the rest, as they say, is, is history. History. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So. Molly, do you mind if I jump to question four real quick? Because I feel like it's yeah. a good. So what, when you were published, you sort of touched on this. You said they didn't know what to do with the story, or I guess they didn't even know about free Black communities. What was it like in the re- romance industry for authors of colors writing books about, I guess Black authors writing books about Black characters, especially
2: romance, at the time you you were published? I never got, <clears throat> I never got any pushback from my editors as, as to what to write or how to write it. Um, I wasn't categorized as a black writer. Mm -hmm. I was just happened to be a black woman who wrote historicals. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have that segregation that you have now with the younger women being put in, you know, with the, with the urban stuff and Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, It was strictly romance.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Romantic times embraced me immediately. Which was wonderful. Um, they had a reviewer there that absolutely loved my my work. And so Catherine was very Catherine Fought was very, very supportive. So, you know, I you know, there were some people that didn't want me at the table, but you know, I don't care about that. Right, right. <laughs> there were a lot of authors who went out of their way to make me feel welcome. And that helped. But, you know, my job was to make the path wider. Mm-hmm. You know, to try and and write and And hopefully, you know, make it wider for other women coming up behind me. And so while I was doing the historicals, Arabesque had just kicked off, too. Uh So you had me writing the historicals for Avon, and then you had this amazing group of black women who were writing for Arabesque. um, And all of us came through the door that was opened by Sandra Kitt and Elsie Washington and those women. So we were standing on their shoulders.
0: That's really cool. And so what was that first, when those first books came out, what was the reaction like from fans? What was that like? That was exciting. just went nuts.
2: <laughs> it went absolutely nuts. They were like, Black people on the cover? I'm like that now, right? Yeah, I, know, I know. And, you know. And a lot of them said they opened it to make sure it was written by a Black woman. Mm. When they did, they didn't even finish reading the blurb. Some people said they sat down and read it, read it in the bookstore right then. So. <laughs> They embrace me and they are a lot of, most of them are still with me. So I'm on three generations of black women now. You know, the women who are in their sixties, like me, their daughters who are in their, you know, forties and thirties and the, 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 the college girls who are in their twenties and, and early teens. So to be around and be embraced and be loved by three generations of women, it's kind of awesome.
1: It is really yeah, awesome. It is awesome. Um, kind of along that vein, um, what's something about the romance genre that's improved from when you got first started, and what are some things that you think we still need to work on?
2: I think we still need to work on, um, if I'm hearing your question correctly, Mm -hmm. um, we need to work on discoverability for the young women that are coming up. Um, They need to be given the platforms, they need to be given the uh, accessibility to blogs—they need to be given uh, space, shelves on the blah, 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 space on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Romance, as opposed to you know wherever they're putting them now. My my daughter calls it the blue light district, <laughs> uh, because there's no discoverability there, and they're writing fantastic books. So um, for me, that's one of the big things. Um, it's is making the path wider for these young women who are coming up behind me.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what's something they've gotten better at just to say it again. Something we've improved on. What has gotten better in, pub- in romance now than when you were first writing?
2: That there are so many marginalized people now writing. Mm-hmm. You've Got a bunch of Latinos. You've got a bunch of African-Americans. You've got, you know, the, the LBGTQ. You've got, you know, all of those um, limbs of the romance tree that were not there when I started in 1994, the romance is starting to reflect the population. I
0: like hearing that because I think all I was white so... Before.
2: Oh, sorry. We're all white before?
0: Yeah, I liked hearing that because I think I was, I guess I started reading romance in the late nineties. And because I got all my books through, like I told Molly, a Harlequin <laughs> mail service, I couldn't even pick the title.
2: On your, on your, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I could even pick the title. So I realized I really don't know what it was like when I first started reading romance. Cause I wasn't going to a store and buying book, looking at shelves, looking at books on the shelves and picking them out. I was just given, I guess whatever was given to me.
2: Yeah. So it's interesting to hear from someone who was writing yeah, and, and arabesque, I think was doing a mail order too, back then. I'll see a well, little 14 year old Danielle so, you know, <sighs> marketing could be better. Um, you know all of the things that puts a book in front of a person's eyes could be better still.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, it was it was a whole different landscape. But like I said, I was blessed, and the and the ladies of of Arabesque back then were blessed to be put in the romance section. Mm-hmm. So they were responsible right now for the for the rise in African-American contemporary because their readers, were the ones and their daughters and their granddaughters um, are still reading Brenda Jackson and still reading Rochelle Allers and, you know, all of those great ladies. Yeah.
0: I haven't read Rochelle Allers in a while. Yeah. Um, So on that, which authors inspired you when you first started writing? Like what names? I guess you've touched on that actually already.
2: You know, I think I can't say one because there weren't that many, well, you know, there was nobody writing romance, but um, well, you know, there were, but not many. I think everything that I've ever read has been the inspiration for my for my reading. Um, my mother read to me in the womb, mm-hmm. which in 1950 was like what you know. <laughs> um, and I didn't read any earlier than anybody else, but I was just a voracious reader. I mean, I went to the library once a week every Saturday. My little ass was running to the library, mm-hmm. you know, get books. <laughs> And I read everything. I mean, and I tell the story of, of having read everything in my neighborhood library, from Kingsley Amis to to Zane Grey and everything in between, and having to go downtown to the to the larger library downtown. I'm from Detroit,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and. Everything that I read, my mother's a reader, my mother's still reading. I'm still She's 91 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm still sending her books from Amazon. <laughs> Everybody in my house is still a reader. I'm the oldest of seven. Um, so I think everything that I read growing up affected me. Mm-hmm. Because you know, when you're a poor kid growing up, books can take you places that you. You would never visit had it not been for the library. True. And I'm a big, big, big supporter of libraries. I think it's the best thing you can ever give a kid is a library card. Mm-hmm. Because it takes them to places that they may not know about or may not see or, you know, that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping an eye on my grocery <laughs> delivery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did You got to multitask. I know, I got one coming too. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about
2: um, your writing process? Like, where do you like to write? How often do you like to write? Well, I started out writing um, with a husband and two kids. Oh, wow. And a job. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And a brownie troupe. <laughs> and, You know, various hats in the church and various hats in the neighborhood and uh, the community. So, most of my riding was at night. In mm-hmm. fact, all of my riding was at night in the basement, under the steps near the hot water heater. Wow! So um, there's a whole, you know, a whole riff on that, but we'll just make a story. <laughs> um, so now I'm home. Hubby's in heaven. Kids are grown and gone. I write full time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I still ride at night. Uh, my girlfriends know not to call me before 10 o'clock in the morning because I'm not going to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I may start riding at 9 or 10 at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I research before, I research as I go, you um, know, up and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't really, ha- I'm a panster, if that makes any sense. I don't know if people know, well, romance writers and people know what the difference between a pantser and a plotter is. Um, but for those who don't know, plotters plot. They do outlines. They, you know, follow that outline. You know, my girlfriend, Betty Ford, um, plots every bit of her book, including mm. pantsers. We sort of don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> we have a kernel of a story or a kernel of a character. And then um, go with it and let the characters write the story. So I'm a pantser and um, I love it because for me, it's a lot of, it, it's a lot of energy. It, it's a lot of surprises. Um, it's a lot of, whoa, that's where we're going. <laughs> uh, because I think if I had to, if I had to put everything out, it would kill the energy in the story for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go on to the next story. So. So hopefully that answered a little bit of, 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 of how, right. I'm sitting right here. Now, you know, I've, I've been writing the last few books on the bed mm-hmm. because my office is such a trashed <laughs> landfill that I can't get in there. So, um, I think the last time it was really, really clean was when they came to shoot for love between the covers mm-hmm. which, years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm trying to get back in it, but, you know, right now I'm sitting on the bed and, you know, sheets are full of ink from, you know, cabs getting off and, you know, she's looking like Roschard's test. <laughs> it, it's a mess. But, um, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm sitting on the bed right now.
0: So are you starting the next book in your, I know Rebel's the first,
2: is it Women Who Dare is mm-hmm. the series? I'm working right now on the 10th on the book in the Blessing series. Oh, okay, that's right i I'm doing a women's fiction series too, which is book ten, and I I was up last night with my niece. I have a a map of the town in the book, mm-hmm. and um, so we're updating the the map. And I'm sure my my niece, she's in her twenties, she wants to walk up here and slap me because I keep saying, "Well, move that," and then <laughs> change, that put that there. No, 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 I don't want that there. Um, she's a great artist, so I'm giving her this opportunity to to do the maps so that. You know, folks can see her talent. So, um, but yeah, working on that, which is book 10. Awesome. Um, is it my turn, Molly? Mm-hmm. All
0: right. So sort of on that, you're known, so along with your contemporaries, because I know you do contemporaries and contemporary suspense, but I think your quote unquote brand, if I may be jargony, <laughs> is your historicals. Right. So can you just, what's that research process like? Do you have an idea? Do you, do you have like, oh, I know I want to write something during like the gold rush and then research what's there? Or do you maybe find an interesting bit of information and you go digging
2: further and that's how you get the story? Yeah, that's how I get the story. Mm. Yeah, um, I have a thing for 19th century. Um, I have a thing for reconstruction.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have a thing for the Wild West because mm-hmm. people don't, you know, they Black cowboys, black sheriffs. Yes, mm-hmm. um, you guys need to read Tame and Jesse Rose. If you thought Lorelai was a mess, <laughs> <laughs> you will love Jesse Rose, and you will also love Topaz with the brides from the um, from the wagon train. See, okay, so there is one because we love them. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I
1: know. I'm gonna I'm gonna write those
0: down. <laughs> yeah. I read I read Wild Sweet Love with yeah. Madison. Uh huh. And uh, that was wild, because that one I think was the furthest we got to the nineteen hundreds, yeah. was,
2: like eighteen ninety five right, right, yeah, um, she's the baby sister of my um train robin July family, mm. and Teresa is, <clears throat> and you know the, the fans are, are are sometimes fuel these stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact,' getting these letters when well, you're gonna get Madison. <laughs> you know, anyway. Like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do this with Madison and see what he want to do with Teresa July. Mm-hmm. She just sort of turned his whole world upside down. She did. She's, <laughs> for me, one of the favorite scenes is her drinking that tequila that night. I mean, you know, like, okay, I will drink you under the table. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Madison. And then um, I was looking at some of the things that you guys had questions about. Braces. Braces mm-hmm. are suspenders. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, because when, when, there's it, this line with Jake, our poor hog farmer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so took disrespectful. Out the you said you didn't know what braces were. Mm-hmm. So those are um, suspenders. And then the whole thing about the mustaches. Okay. <laughs> I, grew <up> the, <laughs> I grew up in the 60s, right? And, <laughs> Had a mustache, and the sisters were like, "You never trust a brother that didn't have a mustache." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell her. Are you hearing this, Danielle? That was the that was the thing about the mustaches. What else Right, hold on a minute. Wait, wait.
0: Mustaches remind me of my father, so I just I can't.
2: <laughs> okay, that was all I had was the mustaches. The <laughs> um, Madison and Teresa July. Mm Topaz and the Bride. So those were notes.
0: I did learn that Madison or Jake did not let her name that baby Madison.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. no. (laughs) You know, I do have um, my early readers have named a lot. Well, not a lot, but some of their kids and grandkids after my characters. Oh wow, Uh a whole lot of Chases running around. Very first book which is an amazing tribute i think you know and then you've had some guys are like no (laughs) (laughs) like no (laughs) Um, okay
1: so along with the romance and i think you've really proven this today (laughs) you write really great comedy um, and your characters are just so funny and we're like through so much shade. You should see our notes, it's just all winky faces and laughs between me and Danielle. We talk a lot when we read the books and this one was just so much fun. How do you come up with all of these quips for your characters?
2: Well, I think you know, a lot of times for me, the characters come to me with them. Hmm. Um, a lot of times they know what's going on in the story before I, well, I don't. So it's my job just to give them life and, you know, breathe life into them. Like, you know, maybe this clay statue and they sort of come together and, and they have their own swagger, their own, I hear it in my head.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, they're as real to me as, as, as you and as, as you guys are. So I don't think it's anything that I come up with. I think it's just me writing it down as I hear it and see it in my head. Writers are kind of weird. We got weird <laughs> We got really weird brains. And my characters are in what I call my green room in my head. Uh-huh. just Sitting up there waiting on their turn. And then when the story starts, and I was telling um, Sarah at Smart Bitches this, that they're over in the corner laughing at me because... <laughs> I don't know what the story's about. And, you know, they feed me little bits here and there and, you know, they're like, ha ha ha, she don't know that yet. Um, but the dialogue and all of that is, it's them. I hear it in my head as I'm writing it down, which is kind of weird.
0: I can hear someone going, the, I'm wanted by everyone, just not the law line.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. A t-shirt. Lorelai has, she's sort of the queen of that, but so it's, I mean, all of my characters have that the women have that kind of, you know, shade throwing uh, kind of thing going on, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, even in the in the earlier days, the, the backlist. So I don't know if that's part of my brand. I don't know. I just write <laughs> it down. <laughs> so
0: I guess we, so. We touched on this. You've written a lot. And I guess maybe this is sort of just going to the story coming to you. How do you keep your storylines fresh with 40
2: stories and so many characters? Try not to write the same story twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Try and give each character a different, not necessarily a motivation, but a different personality. Mm -hmm. All of the women are sort of feisty and all of that. But um, hold on. Okay, so she's headed to check out with my groceries, so she's going to be here in like five minutes. (laughs) I keep an ear out for her. Um, Just try and not do the same history. I mean, we have such a broad and deep and, you know, wonderful history that if I choose, you know, the West or I choose Wyoming or I choose, you know, Virginia or Louisiana there's a different history for each of those places mm-hmm. and that helps me keep the stories fresh also. Mm-hmm. So just try not to phone it in. You know, I've got enough people doing that. Yes. Uh, you know, try not to phone it in and try and let the story tell itself as, a, as opposed to me trying to tell the story what it is. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Cause, and I like what you said about our history is so varied because I think the first time I ever read any sort of fiction about a Black person who was passing was forbidden.
2: Yeah. And then I, you know, and I don't like to do stereotypes. hmm. So most of the fiction that you see with people who are passing, they call it the, you know, if you're an English major, they call it the tragic mulatto. Mm hmm. Well, they're in between and they're, you know, a lot of them wind up, you know, killing themselves and all this because mm-hmm. can't relate. And none of them want to be black. Mm-hmm. In Ryan's case, he's passing because he's tired of being dealt with as three-fifths of a man, as you learn in Through the Storm, where he the first appearance. Mm-hmm. But his job, he thinks, is to help the race. Mm-hmm. He's like a a, a, a super ops guy. <laughs> so on the other side of the tracks, doing what he can for his people. So that is a subversive kind of kind of thing for. But yeah, there's you know there's tons of people who have left the race for many many reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. so reasons.
0: Awesome. I think it's you, Molly. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs>
1: So one of your titles has recently been turned into a movie. What was that experience like
2: for you? That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> deadly sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I also heard the story that your sister claims those are her
2: legs. And You said those are not. Her legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're at the family reunion. Um, all the drunk uncles is you know playing stuff, you know drinking that brown liquor and lying. <laughs> um, she told him that those were her legs, and she was and they were like, "Oh, really, yeah, yeah, and they were believing it. <laughs> oh, so I was like, "No, America, those are not her legs <laughs> but um it's the companion piece. there are two sisters they my my contemporary characters mm-hmm. are descendants of my historical characters
0: that's cool mm-hmm.
2: so um the Blake sisters, uh, J.T. and Max, are descendants from Lorelai,
1: mm.
2: and the lady who put the bride, the mill or the bride train together, mm. Grace Atwood. So it's a companion piece. Max books, Max's book came out first, which was "Sexy Dangerous," mm-hmm. the former government assassin, mm-hmm. and she's a bodyguard for a brother who has this awesome invention that people are trying to steal. Ooh. So Max is, um, so JT is Max's older sister. And so Iris Bowling, who is the head of Siri entertainment is a big fan of my work and a, and a great friend. And she has done a couple of her own books in the movies. Cause she said, you know, if we wait around for Hollywood to greenlight us, you know, it to be three lives later.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So rather than do that, she formed her own film company.
1: Wow!
2: And um, filmed mm-hmm. her two books. And she and I were at an event a couple of years ago and got to talking. And you know, out of that conversation, Deadly Sexy, the movie, came out of that. That's and really she did cool. The screenplay. Mm-hmm. and she saved the book. And you know, and my only regret is that you know we didn't get the money that we really needed. Hmm but she did a fantastic job with the 70,000 that we raised. We were trying to raise a hundred thousand. We raised 70. She did a great, great, great job. Um, You know, hired all the people, did the script, you know, did the directing. Um, She's got a great crew. So um, hopefully, you know, we'll use that as a springboard, not only for more stuff for me, but for other authors. Mm -hmm. Exactly that they can do this also. So it was a great experience. We had a, you know, premiere and, you know, all that. And it was great. great. I'm just so grateful to have her in my life.
0: I heard, I think I listened to, right, when the movie was about to be launched, it was the Smart Bitches, or Smart Podcast. The podcast that goes with Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And you would said it was like seeing your book, you picture them as a movie anyway when you write them. Mm -hmm. So seeing it on the screen was just like, like, that's exactly how you
2: pictured it. Yeah. Yeah, it was surreal. And and like <laughs> I said, she, you know, when I read the screenplay and the script, I was like, okay, you know, Iris didn't mess with it. She didn't try and embellish it. She said there's a whole lot going on. I mean, and if you didn't read the book, I mean, you might have found it a little confusing <laughs> because there's a whole lot going on in this book. But um, she didn't try and, you know, people say fix it. Mm. She just went with, you know, what the story gave her and she did a fantastic job but yeah seeing it on screen and then i mean travis didn't even have to have no lines i mean he could have just walked back and forth <laughs> and, and everybody would have been fine <laughs> and he's also on the cover of Rebel. so uh, ah, yeah i liked that cover
0: oh. um <laughs> This is a nice cover. So what advice would you give a writer, specifically a black writer or a writer of color who is just starting out? Like what words of advice do you have for them?
2: Finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's the advice I give everybody. Finish the book. Um, we all spin around and I was just, I was guilty of the same thing. My sisters would say, well, how is the book coming? <laughs> that first book. Finish the book. Learn all you can about the business of writing Mm -hmm. so that you're not sending, you know, ungodly amounts of money to somebody who is not going to have your back. Mm -hmm. Um, Learn as much as you can. Learn the difference between traditional publishing and self-publishing. Finish the book. um, And ask questions. I mean, there's a lot of people, especially with romance. We, you know, we're very, very supportive of uh, new writers. I don't know about other genres. I'm sure they are as supportive, but um, learning. I mean, and that, you know, that's so. It is so important to know that the money should come to you, who mm-hmm. should not be paying somebody twenty five hundred dollars to do whatever it is going to claim they're going to do for you. And then you wind up with a box of books that's badly formatted, got an awful cover mm-hmm. that you can't sell. Right. So I always send them to Jane Friedman, uh, .com. She's a former New York editor, uh, imprint owner, imprint starter. And she has a, a fabulous website that helps uh, young writers and, and even publishers. Um, work through the forest of, of doing this and mm-hmm. she's got awesome stuff. So I send people there. You got to learn what you're doing before you you jump out there. Mm-hmm. Finish the
0: book. <laughs> she's calling out all of us right now.
2: I feel called out. And all don't of try them. to start a first draft. <laughs> Nobody wants to read your first draft. <laughs> and your first draft can be as ugly as you want it to be because the only person that's going to see it is you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So if you need to, don't worry about the spelling, don't worry about the grammar, don't worry about, you know, plot, just get that first draft done and then start polishing it.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, If you hadn't become a writer, what do you think you would have done instead? I'd have been in a library.
2: (laughs) I've been working in the library, about books, always about books. (laughs) I worked in one, two, three different libraries growing up. Um, Books are my thing.
0: Same. I can relate to that. Yeah,
1: you almost almost became a librarian.
0: I tried. I applied to MU's program, but I was in Iowa at the time, so I don't know what I was thinking. So So we asked some people, oh, are the groceries here? Go ahead oh okay so we asked some of our followers on twitter if they had questions for you and we got some and um the first one i think she's asking it as a joke but i'm going to turn it into a real question um it's, it's from mocha girls read our friends over at mocha girls reads at uh, mocha girl reads on twitter and they she asked please ask her where do the men on her covers live and are they free friday night just wondering oh i know just asking for a friend right <laughs> But um, those are like cover models. I know that romance novel covers, they're like a whole little industry on their own. Like They are.
2: They are. Yeah. And then Avon uses real people. Um, they don't use stock photo. Ooh, see, that's nice. So, <laughs> Travis is real. Hmm. <laughs> I've met him. <laughs> He's gorgeous. Hmm. <laughs> uh, he has a twin. Oh, even better. <laughs> so, yeah, tell her I'll hook her up if I can. If I, <laughs>
0: Did you hear that over there, most girls? (laughs) And there's two of them. So you all can like have, you can get more than one around. (laughs) Um, Okay.
1: Y'all one uh, says long time listener, first time caller, LOL. (laughs) Um, I have two questions. Um, She says, how long does it take to
2: research for a novel? And what was your favorite book as a child? Ooh, depends on the book and depends on whether I've done that period before or not. Mm-hmm. If it's not, I'll do a lot of research going in. I do two books a year, so say six months each. Okay. Um, and my favorite book is A Child. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've read so many. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite book ever is Dune.
1: Oh, yeah, I got to read
2: that which is the, you know, the, the first space opera.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So we'll have that. We'll, we'll make that count. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that was, I think we skipped her Twitter handle. That was okay. at unicorn Inc. She's, she's tweeted us a lot. I don't know she it does tweet about. us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our next question is from Shauna Miles at S R miles author. And she says, what are your go-to research resources? Is there an, um, Is there a time or an event that you began researching for but then abandoned? Like maybe a novel idea you had but then sort of scrapped?
2: Um, I've never abandoned anything. I may have put it in a drawer and put it off. Mm -hmm. One of my go to's is um, We Are Your Sisters, Hmm. Black Women in the 19th Century by uh, Dorothy Sterling. It's nonfiction, it's full of diaries. Bibliographies, uh, biographies. It's, it's an awesome, awesome, awesome book. Um, I use it as my Bible. She also has another one that's set during Reconstruction called uh, The Trouble They Seen. Oh. Okay. And full of first hand accounts of not only slavery, but also um, Reconstruction. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I. You don't have to make this stuff up. Mm-mm. Our history is so wide, like I said, and and so deep that um, you don't have to make this stuff up. So that um, the timeline that's in uh, Before the Mayflower, which has like everything that ever happened to black people during the 19th century by day, and month, and year. Oh, wow. That works really well for me. But the new editions don't have that timeline in it. Oh. I want to get, you know, go through the used books and get one that does. Um, I was real disappointed because mine's just falling apart. This is like oh. my third one. Oh, wow. And the third one that I have does not have the timeline. Yet. And so I'm back to using the one that's pages is missing and is taped up and all of that. <laughs> I can't imagine why they wouldn't put that in there. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Yeah. All right. So those are my main three. Um, also anything by Benjamin Quarles because he wrote Black uh, Abolitionists Black Abolitionists. He wrote The Black Man During the Civil War. He wrote, it um, was called Negroes back then. Uh, the Negroes in the American Revolution. Um, his whole um, body of work deals with our history and he, his stuff is fabulous.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so another question we have from Tammy Jones at I am Tammy J. You sort of touched on this. She wanted to know, when did you discover you wanted to be a writer?
2: The first day that book sold. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can see that. wasn't, my goal was not to be a writer. My goal Mm -hmm. was not to be published. Mm -hmm. Write for yourself. Yeah so I said, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Night Song, right? That's the very first one. Yeah. That was the first book, 94. You know, sometimes you, the universe gives you things that you didn't know you wanted. Mm-hmm. And that are so wonderful that you go, oh, my God. So sometimes it doesn't give us like the old stone song. Sometimes it doesn't give you what you want, but it gives you what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what else she you have for me?
1: Okay, so um, Shandra Thompson says, please ask my favorite author if she plans to write any more contemporary romance outside of the B.O.B. series soon.
2: Yeah. Um, the, the romantic suspense, suspense series, they're all tied together. I call it the Detroit series because it takes place in Detroit. And the Blake sisters are sort of a branch off of that. So these are the, the, the there's three, three brothers, three brothers. Mm-hmm. And They are descendants of Hester and Galen from Indigo. Oh. Mm, okay. And they have this, this, this group of, of people called um, Nia. And they are fighting crime in Detroit. Uh, one has the personality of like Batman. I mean, he's very broody and he's very. Um, and then we have Saint, who's like Inspector Gadget because he's got this coat, <laughs> with all this tech stuff in it. And then the third brother is the mayor. They call him um, his fineness. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they don't know they're all sired by the same man and they all have different moms.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome back. Yay. We only have a f- two or th- two <laughs> so more questions for you so we won't keep you too long. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I, I think did I did I have the next one? I think so. Okay. I think the last one was from um real woman uh, at real woman ninety at every woman ninety eight robin Robin, our longtime listener, and she wants to know what your publishing goal is fifty books, a hundred books more? no, just to keep
2: publishing, just keep yeah. publishing just to keep writing good stories that touch the readers, that give them that h e a that mm-hmm. spread the history. Um, I don't have a numerical goal. just a goal to you know to keep at it,
1: mhm, yeah. Admirable. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying that's admirable. Yeah, I'd like to thank
0: Robin for getting on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> she drummed up a lot of these questions because we think people are just shy. Like they like the idea of having the opportunity.
2: She's she's a good lady. She's yeah, good, <laughs> she is. She's like oh our God. very first listener. She was.
1: Why she, <laughs> don't we mm-hmm.
2: Okay. She doesn't live too far from me. I mean, we're in the same state. Ah. Oh. Detroit.
0: I spent a summer there. There's a big bookstore there that I think is a converted factory, and it's a
2: used bookstore. And it was like four stories. Yeah, it's King King's Books. Yes. They're close. It's <gasps> been there. No! For, it's been there for almost sixty years. Sixty years. One hundred years. Yeah, they're closing it. That's you know, Prime Re. Um, I don't know why they're selling it, but everybody thinks it's because it's Prime prime real estate mm. and going through that whole gentrification thing downtown. <sighs> So the, the one that's in the suburbs is going to stay open, but the one downtown, which everybody loves. I mean, you need a map to get through that place. Yeah,
0: I was in there once and I was like, I could spend a week in here.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they're closing down. Oh, that's upsetting.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay and then our final question, um, what we ask everyone every single episode, what are you currently reading?
2: What am I currently reading? Um, I just got off a deadline, so I treated myself to um, J.D. Robb's Connections and Death, Mm -hmm. which I love, those series. And I'm going to Charleston, South Carolina to do a gig this weekend, Thursday, and I'm taking... um, Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What's new? Um, 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 (coughs) um. The new Paranormal, sci-fi. Uh, Black Rucker James? Well, that, yeah, that I'm saving for Chicago. I got that, too. Uh. It's the one with... Damn it. My? <laughs> um, Polaris Rising. That's uh, what I'm looking for. Okay. Yes. I'm going to read that, Polaris Rising. Okay. So that's next. But I probably won't get to that till a while because... I am on supposedly deadline. Deadline. I'm reading it on the plane. It's the only time I really get to read is now in planes and on planes and in airports. So, which is is a heartbreaker for somebody who, you know, loves ink. Mm
0: -hmm. This is a weird question, but since you like sci-fi so much, have you ever thought about doing a sci-fi romance? I
2: have a dragon book that has been waiting for me. Something else I've been lying about for the last 10 years. (laughs) So, um I'm trying. Because <laughs> it just seemed like a natural fit. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well,
0: I think for all that, I think that's all we have for you. We really appreciate you taking time to
2: speak mm-hmm. with us. Well, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate it being invited. I appreciate being your first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Wow. I'm going to get to see you in April
0: at uh, in Chicago. Oh, you're coming to the KissCon? Yeah. So I'm really excited because I got some good names
2: and I look forward, now that I know your face. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you.
0: Yeah. I think I like met you at Book Riot Live 2015. You were trying to read and I was I just busted it. <laughs> it was like oh, it's okay.
2: <laughs> okay. That's a good event. It was a yeah. good event.
0: Yeah. So I'm really excited. So thank you again. Um, thank you.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Have a great afternoon. YouTube guys. Thank you so much. All right.
0: Thank you. Bye. I don't even know how to welcome us back, but welcome back. This is the wrap up, our normal guys, wrap up. That was fun.
1: That was fun. I'm I gonna... mean, it, I, first of all, I love that she was cursing because <laughs> I was like, let me tone it down. And then she called something like raggedy. And then she said, like, something. <laughs> <laughs> Something asshole. I was like, yes.
0: But yeah, she like she was great. It was like talking to my like girlfriend. So great,
1: it really was.
0: And so she called us out, telling us to just finish the damn book.
1: Yes, she explained what breaches were, and also came down on my side.
0: Braces, yes, and she braces did braces
1: on the mustache.
0: <laughs> the great twenty nineteen mustache debate. I
1: was telling Danielle for half a second when she pulled that out. She was like, "I'm going to answer some question." And I was like, oh,
0: about the she story. had notes. She
1: did have notes.
0: I don't think anyone's ever taken notes while listening to us. That's a lot of responsibility. Right? I appreciate I mean, I respect, I, I'm so, I appreciate it.
1: So. I don't even know how to feel about it. I'm amazed.
0: <laughs> Insightful. That's just, Insightful. just put that on a mug. <laughs> so, but um, we want to thank, I think we did this on the thing, but we also want to thank, I guess this sort of came about because of At Every Woman 98. Yeah prod like telling us to get off our ass and interview yeah. a beverly jenkins title and yes. then i think she saw that she had tagged us and it just sort of came into place from there
1: yeah and then and then going and prodding everyone like seriously <laughs> on twitter she was like don't be scarred like she was in beverly jenkins but just saying like you know you need to go on over there and ask some questions
0: well, yes and she got us a lot i think people like I think I said this. They like the idea that they can ask questions, but people sort of, I guess, feel shy yeah. and don't want to submit their own.
1: Yeah, because it even took us a second to write the questions. I was like, what are we gonna do?
0: I wanted really hard to get some questions she probably had not been asked fifty million times before, but I mm-hmm. mean, it's probably inevitable. She's been interviewed for no, everything.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: and I'm not that original of a journalist, so. <laughs>
1: You were good though. You were asking follow up questions
0: and stuff. I was like, "Look at Danielle go!" <laughs> <laughs> hey, all those reporting classes—they t- <laughs> were mm-hmm. worth something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did tell. Did I ever tell you my first day reporting at EMU? I made a grown man yeah. cry. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I've told that story to everybody. I'm not proud of it. That's that's why Danielle never wanted to be a reporter. But maybe she just doesn't can- need to be a hard news reporter.
1: I can feel you. Like, who- <laughs> how do you get to go out and it's like this is the puppy parade? <laughs> are you so um i had never heard of this guy until i came out here but yule hausner and he does california gold and he just goes around and it's like a, a pbs show out here and he would just go around and it's like uh he went to an avocado farm and there was like a dog eating an avocado he's like there's a dog eating an avocado or that's an avocado eating dog and it's and like how do his- i become that's his thing how do i become that kind of reporter
0: I don't know, man. You got to have a personality for it, I feel like. Just quirky enough. <laughs> so I really wanted to be, I got into journalism because I wanted to be a publisher, like books. And they're like, well, get a journalism degree because you can edit. And then I realized that industry was dying. I think we both had that realization.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. I was like, oh, yeah, I had that internship. It's like, I'm a lady here and she's like um well here's the thing you'll never get a job and no one will ever know you because you have to know someone and you live in the middle of nowhere and um you'll just never make it and i was like cool
0: cool 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 so all right so what do we need to wrap up we need to say what we're reading and we We got to promote ourselves reading
1: next time
0: we're really sloppy on this one guys because we had the interview all planned out Mm -hmm. and we (laughs) know we are free real freewheeling this uh, outro
1: we're independent. This is what you get with an independent co- podcast. Authenticity.
0: <laughs> Just two two nonsensical girls talking into microphones. There you go. So what's our next pick? Are we officially doing Children of Blood and Bone? I think so. Okay, we're doing it.
1: I think so. Wait, okay, so it'll be March, right? Yes. And March we do is our birthdays.
0: Oh, do we want to do something related? I mean, I don't.
1: I don't know. I think we could do, I could think we could do Children of Blood and blow. I think okay. we could tie it in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I next pick.
1: Fun. I think so. Like just be prepared for a whole bunch of like Avatar talk if you've prepped me correctly.
0: Yes. It's a side eye if you've <laughs> met either of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but what, what are you currently reading?
0: I, let me get my good reads out. I read, so I am currently, the big thing I'm currently reading is Black Leopard, Red Wolf. And it is an undertaking. It's 620 pages. Mm -hmm. It's very fantasy. And I guess I realized doing this, I've read a lot of quote unquote light fantasy. Mm. Like it has fantastical elements, but it's not. This is deep. This is epic
1: fantasy. Yeah.
0: yeah, There are maps. There are so many maps. I love it. There's a glossary. There's like made up languages and random fantastical things will happen and nobody will blink. Like I, there's a scene in a library where a book just starts talking and the book, like the librarian guy's like, shut up. And then the book closes and it's just in passing. It has nothing yeah. to do with anything that's going on. Um, But yeah, it's and the, I have a lot of thoughts. Sorry. And the prose is especially hard. Like I think he purposely makes it sort of hard to dig into like the way the characters talk, the way scenes shift, like you gotta be, paying attention you can't like passively just be reading it
1: you know so we talked about because i actually have a lot of thoughts on this i'm (laughs) only like 50 pages in i was reading it on vacation i was like i'm gonna be cute i was like reading there i was like i'm gonna get in the pool (laughs) um so i mean we we're talking about doing bonus episodes and i'm really thinking like maybe we could do a bonus episode about this book
0: i kind of want to because i feel like after all this i'll probably need to talk about it and Uh decompress about it Right. And I'll need someone to help me. Like, be my fantasy mentor, Molly. Help me figure out.
1: <laughs> Payback for all of the, uh, the
0: Ro- romance. Romance,
1: yes. Even though I've been enjoying it. Yeah. So that might be that might be as we're starting to look at some other ways that we can engage, some other kind of bonus stuff that we can do.
0: Yeah. That might
1: be put it on the shelf for right now, and then we yeah. might come back to that.
0: Yeah. Because I like it. It's good. And I mm-hmm. like the fantasy stuff. It's just, there's also politics in it. Like, there's a conspiracy happening. So, but it's good. I also read (laughs) two romances. Like I started a whole new romance series Uh because I am who I am. Um, Alicia Rye's Forbidden Hearts series. And um, the first one is uh, Hate to Want You. And the second Mm. one was, I think it's, of course, Goodreads is just like failing me. It's been a technological failure day. The second one I think is Wrong to Need You. Mm. the titles blur a little bit together in my head. And every time I think of either one of them, I think of the John legend song used to love you. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) then I just start going off on that. Yes. Hate to want you and wrong to need you. I like them. They've got really good mental illness and mental health representation in them. Mm. Like the first one has legitimately really good mental health coping techniques for like depression and anxiety. Mm. And it's like, Quality. They're a bit sexier than what I'm used to reading. Ooh. <laughs> like, she's... Like, Alicia Rye apparently is very sex positive, and she's like, what adults do for pleasure between two consenting people is should always be positive, positive. and mm-hmm. so she mm-hmm. she embraces it. So, it was a little heavy for me, but the romance is still good, so... Okay. And then I read... I think I mentioned this, Wild Sweet Love by uh-huh. Beverly Jenkins, which mm-hmm. is Madison's story. hmm Madison from A Chance at Love, so... And he hooks up with this female outlaw named Teresa July. And so it's wild. I love it. Yeah. So that's about it. I think um, Black Leopard, Red Wolf, it's taken a lot of my reading bandwidth. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's good. I like it. I'll be interested in seeing what you think of it because you're, yeah. like I said, the more advanced fantasy reader.
1: I got I got the audio, audio book too. So I think I'm going to go back and forth between them
0: yes the audio performance is so good. the narrator is great
1: yeah okay then I think that's what I'm gonna do because it's like I feel like just to get through it like mm-hmm. um Beverly Jenkins like she said like most of her reading is on the plane and I was mm-hmm. like I felt that most of my reading is in the car on audible now yeah this traffic ain't, no joke <laughs> um but I do like having the maps I do like being able to like see the names and the you know what I mean yes mm-hmm. so it sticks in my head better
0: I I think when I started it, I, like, tweeted Molly, like, I'm so overwhelmed. The <laughs> maps and the glossaries, I'm like, can I just skip them? And I think you can. Everything yeah. is explained in context. I guess think yeah. there is a resource.
1: Yeah, so it's like if you're, if they're, like, going, how I use maps usually in these books is, like, if they're going somewhere or I need to, like, know, like, what's around, like, as I'm reading, then I'll flip back. Mm-hmm. And look and see like, oh, okay, this is where they're at. Or this is where this is in relation to something else. Like, especially on these kind of like journey where they're moving a lot. Yeah. That's what I find helpful.
0: Yeah. So I like it. My him? favorite character is probably the buffalo. He's I just, haven't gotten to him yet. He's just a buffalo who like <laughs> gives the main character shit. And I'm like, at least so far, I don't know. Maybe there's some big revelation I haven't hit yet. But right I now know, he's my just a buffalo. character
1: so far as his friend. Kava? In the, Kava. Yeah. So, I don't know if Kava's gonna turn or what's gonna happen. I don't know yet.
0: So, there's they're so with the
1: witch, or the babies of the witch keeps dunking
0: on him. I like that. Everybody keeps calling him a fool.
1: Everyone is calling him a fool. He keeps trying to like buck up on people and they're like,
0: relax. Like, shut up, fool. Shut up, fool. <laughs> I love it. Okay.
1: Um, I did read one other book. Oh, Magical yeah. Negro by Morgan Parker. What'd you think? I really liked it.
0: Yeah. I, I, Think I think I stress over poetry more than you do, so I think that's why you're able to enjoy it more than I did. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just kept worrying I didn't get it.
1: Uh, if there was something I didn't get, I was like, ah, okay, and then I on next.
0: See, I stress so much, but I, I think I th- like more beautiful than Beyonce. There are more beautiful things than Beyonce, but um, I have to reread both of them to be making. I right. would
1: have to reread <clears> the first <throat> one to see.
0: Yeah though. You did a haul, but you never said what the other titles were.
1: Oh, because I'm saving them up for <laughs> what I'm reading <laughs> later on. Got it. Okay. I got three, I got four more books. Okay. And so one I've started, I'm almost done with, but I, I don't want to say it until I'm done. Okay. And then um uh, one actually was um uh, Gorilla My Love, which I'm still working through. Short, I find like I read short story collections a lot slower than anything else. I can see that. Yeah, because you read it and then you kind of like take a pause and you read the next one. But I am totally in love with this book. And I got it on Kindle because it was just like I heard about it in um, uh, Kiyosay Lehman's book. Uh, Damn, my brain is so cloudy right now. Um, I read about it in that book and I was like, uh, he had some excerpts from it. I was like, oh, I really like this. And I read the book and it's like totally amazing. And I was like, well, I really want this in print now. So I found like a used copy and I got that. Um, so that's one of them. But uh, I'll save the other ones up because Danielle, Danielle dunks on me with her reading. I do.
0: I read uh, things that just read very fast. Like it, uh, you read, I think, things that make you think a bit more.
1: I don't I don't know about that. But.
0: You're always reading. And like last year, like I'm reading this 600 page fantasy. Like I read but, like. Things that I just flat through.
1: I'll read long books, but they're not necessarily like deep
0: books. Although,
1: you know, I was in the bookstore and I saw Dune and I picked it up and my husband was was like, should I finally read Dune? And I was like, no. And I put it back. I feel like I should because like now
0: they're remaking it, aren't they? Oh, are they? They're going to do a Dune remake.
1: Oh, are they? Yeah. Frank is nodding. He's like, yes.
0: (laughs) Thank you for backing me up. So, because it's supposed to come in theaters in 2020. Mm. And I'm like, I haven't seen the first one. I haven't read the book.
1: I don't know nothing about it.
0: I got to get on it. I think it's like a it's like a seminal, uh, I don't think that's the right word I'm thinking of. Either way, it's a landmark sci-fi title. Yeah. And I need to get on that.
1: Yeah. So,
0: honestly, <laughs> the only, I'm trying to think the only other real heavy sci-fi title I've read is Hyperion. And I don't even know how well known that title is.
1: Oh girl, oh girl! Is you it? just wait until later in the year <laughs> when it is my turn. I have a title in mind, and I think you're going to like it because it's it's not. And you know, I'm going to push to read two of them. <laughs> it's a three book series that I'm going to push to read two, and I'll tell you why. Because the first one is um, very fantasy, very like world building, but the second one gets sexy. <laughs> <laughs> And I think you'll appreciate that.
0: <laughs> Is that my brand now? I love it. <laughs> okay. So I think that's it. You know so. where to find us. We're mm-hmm. at, on Twitter, we're at Black Chick Lit. We're also on Instagram at BCL Podcast. And you can find us online at blackchicklit.com.
1: As always, if you have questions or comments, you can send them over to contact at blackchicklit.com.
0: And I think we don't have theme music because it's a BCL chat.
1: Oh, that is true. But so, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. That helps other listeners find our podcast.
0: And it just makes us happy. So It does. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This was a really fun episode. We've been looking forward to doing this for like a month now.
1: I know. We've been planning, <laughs> stressing. It was
0: on my calendar. I was like, interview. So it was awesome.
1: It was great. So, yeah. So, all right. Peace, guys. Bye, guys.